0: Let's mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and I'm sat in a mastermind and I'm not with this certain chap who doesn't want to be named. But in all seriousness, uh, we're talking about fear in business. And I think it's a great conversation to have because let's be honest, no one doesn't experience fear. And I think firstly, it's easy to look at other people and go, well, they're not scared. And I think in reality, that's a fallacy. I think we all have fears. So I think the first thing to think about is don't compare yourself to anyone else and don't assume other people don't have fears because they do. They just have different fears because it's human to have fears. And I give you an example of this. Uh, uh, my business partner, Mark, probably would be open enough to say that he's got certain fears about uh, growing too fast or maybe you know, going bust. I've certainly got a fear of going bust because I think that would be highly embarrassing and it might... Um, ruined to a certain degree the reputation and goodwill and credibility we've built over the last 12 years. But if you would talk to maybe a gregarious American, they probably wouldn't worry about it too much. And they'd be, hey, look, that's part of business and successful entrepreneurs have been bused once or twice before. It's just part of the journey. That's why we have the corporation to protect you, etc. cetera. So I was with Grant Cardone yesterday um, and he's always about growth, 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 growth. As you know, he's got his 10X um, he even said to me that the worst advice he got from someone is that um, bigger isn't always better because bigger is always better. And that's so he's everything about growth. And I said to him, but aren't you sometimes scared about going bust? Or, for example, your big event you did, your growth conference, where the cost of it was 10 million pounds. Aren't you scared? And he went, yeah, every single day, every single day. I'm like, we're behind on selling the tickets. We're behind on selling the tickets. We need to sell more tickets. He got to the point where he got his staff to report every 15 minutes on how the sales were doing. Every 15 minutes. Um, So, yeah, I was scared. Yeah, I was scared every day that bit off too much. Yeah, I was scared every day that we might not sell it out, but we did in the end. So I think it's a great example of it's not about not being scared. It's about accepting that you will always have certain fears in business. And what I found over the years is that the biggest fear is often getting started in something new. But once you're going, thank you, the fear does seem to be a bit less strong. But then what you find is once you overcome something, the strength of the fear just moves to another level, just like the strength of the rejection. So you can take a lot of rejection um, on a level of business. Like I'll give you an example. Um, I can pretty much now take rejection from clients, from critics. If someone doesn't want to buy my product or service, I'm pretty okay with that. Um, but if a really big name celebrity rejects me for my podcast, I, I feel emotion around that. So all that's happened is where I feel rejection, it's just moved to a higher level. I mean, if, I don't know, who do I really admire? I love Damien Hurst, I love Ronnie O'Sullivan. You know, if they went and trolled me online, I would feel really hurt by that. Whereas if, a, you know, a no-named small-time troll trolled me online, I'd feel nothing about that. So the fear doesn't go away. It just moves to a higher level. So I think the bigger fear, the biggest fear, the fear you've got to deal with is getting started or getting moving. You know that, you know, the truck pull in World's Strongest Man. How hard do they have to pull and the thing's hardly moving? And you see, after a while, they build up this momentum. And in the end, the truck's pretty much moving itself and they're just helping it along. I think the thing with fear is to work out what is it I'm actually fearful of, because people talk about fear. And they put it in a box like it's one thing. But in my experience, you've got the following fears and you might be able to add some. You've got going bust. You've got um, getting trolled. You've got making a mistake. You've got making a mistake in front of someone. You've got um, feeling like you're not good enough. You've got other people judging you. You've got what people close to you and your peers will think about you. I know people who write content for their peers, not their followers. They've got about 12 peers and a million followers, and they write stuff because they don't want their peers to look down on them, even though they've got... I'll give you an example of this. I am, if you look at... Two of the most common questions I'm getting asked at the moment is, where do I buy my watches and where do I buy my gold? People don't know this, but I've invested in gold for 17 years. If you go back to 1971... The birth of fiat currency, the devaluation of money, money's gone down by 85% in value since then. But you could buy one ounce of gold for about $30, which peaked at over $1,500. Gold is a great defensive asset class. Gold is a great hedge against the matrix and the system. It's a great hedge against inflation. And I have finally found someone who I am now partnering and has become a sponsor on the show. And that is Josh Saul of the Pure Gold Company. He has a special offer where you can get a complimentary investor guide and book an appointment to get your own private consultation at pure-gold.co forward slash Rob more. I buy my gold from this company. So if you'd like to just buy the gold or get the investor guide, go right now to pure-gold.co forward slash Rob hyphen more big shout out to the pure gold company for collaborating and sponsoring this episode critic critics judging my writing they would slate it like a proper author writing critic would slate my work the tenses are wrong I go from first person to third person in the middle of sentences I speak I write colloquially i.e., I write how I talk not how one should write and, and technically, my writing style is really lazy. It's, it's quite error-ridden. Um, but like Grant Cardone said to me yesterday, I'm a best-selling author, not a best... Se- I'm a best-seller, not a best writer. And that's... What do you want to be, a best-selling author or a best writer? Do you want to get a, an award from the critics and sell 10 books? Or sell a million books? So I've, I don't write for the critics anymore. So I expect the... Well trained English literaries to absolutely hate my book. But I, I expect the startups, the layperson, the entrepreneur, the hustler, the doer, the person who isn't necessarily well trained in English literacy. I wrote my book so that an eight year old could understand all the words, so that it could reach the masses. So I think the thing to think about is. <laughs> What is the actual fear? Because I think there could be lots of different things. So I would say to you to just to write down, because this is important if you're listening or if you're here on this table. What is your actual fear? Like when you drill down. Because some people, for example, when they leave a good career, you've had a really good career, you've left it. It might be, well, what do all the people that you used to work with and the people that used to employ you, what do they think about you? What if I fail because I had a load of people saying that I wasn't going to succeed? So there, there could be lots of different things. Um, I, it, it might be the pure fear of rejection, the very emotional, visceral feeling that you're sort of scared of. In some industries, it might make you know. In some industries, mistakes can lead to regulation, legal, or even health and safety. So you might have this overcoming fear of doing something in case you get sued or. There's, you know, like construction, for example. Obviously, that's riddled with health and safety, fair concerns. I would actually say this is good, a good fear. But my greatest fear is probably not being recognised for anything. It's probably, it's not failing at trying to do something meaningful. It's doing nothing, being nothing. I would say that's my greater fear. And because of that, I'll take risks and put my, myself out there and say and do things that even I feel are risky. So for anyone struggling with fear, I think if you tune your mind into, well, I fear much more making no money, having no career, not being known, always struggling to you know, pay my mortgage and I fear get being lost and being irrelevant. All those things actually, being irrelevant is a massive fear of mine. It's good to have that fear because then that's going to drive you to go and do more. But I can tell you this, every successful person is still making a lot of mistakes today. Grant Cardone talked about I talk about him a lot because obviously I saw him yesterday. But he said his book was riddled with hundreds of mistakes. He chucks social media stuff out there all the time with spelling and grammar mistakes in it. But he believes that speed is a really important commodity in business. So he'd rather be fast and first and imperfect than slow and perfect. Sometimes a great fear is to be judged. But here's the thing, you'll be judged for doing nothing, just like you'll be judged for doing something. So you're always going to be judged. So you might as well be judged for doing something meaningful. Does anyone, and I won't mention your name if it goes on the podcast, but does anyone want to share any specific fears you have or people you know have? You know, your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Consistent <laughs> money coming in, like with a job, you know the money's coming in. So yeah. if you lose the job, you're like, shit, am I going to replace the income? Yeah, so replacing, basically making the money. Yeah. Can you quit your job? Can you jump ship? Because you might not have that safety net of income. Yeah, and, that, and that's a, a, it's probably a more legitimate fear than worrying about what people think. Because worrying about p- what people think is all in our imagination. Whereas paying the bills is a, a practical reality. Um, but what I would say is, if you hold on to the fear of reliance on employed income, then you'll never have entrepreneurial income and asset income, which obviously is way bigger, way, way, way bigger. Um, but again, that fear can serve you. A lot of people look at fear like it's somehow there's something wrong with them or it's a problem, but every fear serves you because fear serves you. So a fear of not having consistent income ensures that you put in place measures to have consistent income. You've just got to switch your brain brain from employed to, sorry, from self, yeah, from employed to earned or entrepreneurial or owning the company. But sometimes fear is the greatest motivator. I mean, if if I took all of your earned income away and I said, you've got six months to get to the point where you're at five grand a month, otherwise... Kidnap your kids. Well, some people might say, yeah, take them. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll pay me, yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing that you value and love the most on this earth, if, if I took that away from you, you got six months, or you're never getting this back, you go do it. The person you're scared to ask stuff to, you'd ask stuff to. I'll give you a little example. I don't, I don't mind sharing some of my fears because... I know quite a lot of rich, successful, billionaire, celebrity people. And I have this fear about asking them for something too soon. Because like I don't want someone to think I'm a friend of theirs because they're a celebrity or a billionaire or whatever. I want people to think I'm friends with them because I like them. Um, So I know some people who I know if I ask them for help, and it's not like needy help. I know they would help me. I mean, I help them. But I, I wait and I wait and I wait because I think to myself, oh, I don't want them to think I'm leveraging them. And I wait and I wait and I wait. Um, why? Like, if they asked me for help, I'd do it straight away. Jake would said, hey, Rob, can we pay to use your studio to do our one-year anniversary for our podcast? And I said, no, you can't. You can have it for free. And I gave it to him for free and I let him use it because I wanted to help him because I believe that's goodwill. So, um, I'm going to say it because I think if you say it, it puts it out there. But um, Grant Cardone said to me yesterday, look, Rob, anything you need, any time, ask. If you're in America, come over. So I'd quite like to speak at his growth conference and I'm sitting here going, oh, should I ask him or should I not ask him? It's a big event. It's full of all these big Americans, you know, but I'm pretty big in England, but like, I'm a, know, fuck it, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to, Grant, I'm on. Let's make it 20X. Um, but I have this little fear of asking, in case I'm I'm asking too soon, or should I build the relationship further? But I've known Grant for about a year. He thinks highly of me. He speaks highly of me. I've, so, why don't you just fucking ask? ask I haven't. No, I haven't asked him yet. But <laughs> um, i have, I've only I only saw him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And it only I, I my VA actually um, WhatsApped me this morning and said, Rob, you should you should get on the growth conference. Why not? Um, what I might do is say to Grant, what do you want me to do to get on the Growth Conference? Maybe you want, want me to sell a few hundred tickets. Or, or, so maybe I might do it that way. Um, but yeah, I've got these few things. So like, I know Kevin Clifton really well, as you know. Yeah. He invites me a few times to go and watch Strictly in the studios. Uh, and I, I think we've been now three times. And the first time I went um, in the break, Tess Daly walked straight up to me and went, you're Rob Moore. And she's I follow your stuff. I follow your property stuff. I'm a big fan. And I'm like, ah! she's, she's hot. She is hot. <laughs> and my wife was next to me as well. So I was like, check me out. Um, anyway, so she's already told, said all that of me. And I'm thinking, I should get her on my podcast. She'd be great for my podcast. I'm happy to help her. I help her for free. And, and I have not asked Kevin Clifton to give me her number. But she came up to me and she said all that stuff to me. So why haven't I, why haven't I asked her? Or him to ask her? I don't know. Well, this. Is, so yeah, but the thing is, it's easy for you to tell me to ask that. But the thing you have a little fear of, this, is, this has just been a therapy session for me, mate. Um, but I, I share that with you because I think there's always a level of fear. But actually talking, I'm just going to do it on WhatsApp now. I, right. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm doing it. Look, if I can do it, you can do it. Ready? Right. Let's do this. Right, so Kevin Clifton. Hey, Kev, how are you doing? Um, So I'm currently doing a live podcast and a mastermind. And if you listen to this podcast, you know exactly why I'm doing this to challenge myself. But um, you remember the first Strictly where Tess came up to me and she is pretty complimentary of me, etc. And I haven't been in touch with her since. So uh, would you mind uh, just putting us in touch somehow? Uh, I'd be very grateful if you don't mind doing that. (laughs) As the as, as you, you guest on this discussion, can I be introduced? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. We'll go um, no, stop clockwise. There. Clockwise. clockwise, yeah, yeah. <laughs>